Hello, brothers and sisters. It is the Remnant Warrior here to tell you guys about another absolutely amazing way for you to get exclusive access to documentaries, audio and ebooks, and exclusive episodes of our brand new monthly subscription only podcast with myself, John, and Jeremy from By Their Fruits and a different special guest host each month. And best of all, you, the subscribers, get to vote and choose on the topic that we discuss in the episodes each month. You get all of this as well as the same access to the almost 200 episodes, books, and documentaries that you already have access to for only $2.99 a month. Now, we have a library of over 250 documentaries, ebooks, and audiobooks that we will be uploading to our subscriber only content each month you will not only get access to absolutely amazing content but you will also be helping this ministry to continue to spread the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to over 70 nations around the world that currently listen to the programs and Bible studies on Kingdom Productions Network. So guys, please pray about becoming a monthly subscriber. It's only $2.99 a month. That's less than a latte at Starbucks. So I hope you guys will sincerely think about helping us out and I love each and every one of you may God bless you all grace and peace you are now listening to the place for biblical end times truth the remnant report Sisters, and welcome to a, 
another edition of the Remnant Report. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson, aka the Remnant Warrior. And today I have a very special guest who I pray I don't butcher his name. I'm horrible when it comes to pronouncing names. Um, if you heard or saw the episode that we did last weekend, I pronounced John's last name wrong, and <laughs> he and Jeremy are both a part of the network, so please forgive me if I say your name wrong, but Tertius Fori, uh, is that the way you pronounce it? Yes, um, it's um, uh, Tertius, and my surname is Fori, uh, yes. Okay, awesome, awesome. See, you did a lot better job than I did. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but he's joining us today. The Lord blessed us with him being available to come on and talk about the rise of Satanism in really all over the world, but especially in South Africa, where he's from, and also here in the United States, where I'm from, and it's the same spirit and the same agenda behind it. And so today, it's going to be kind of a relaxed, laid-back format. We're just going to kind of discuss things so that you guys can get a better understanding of the way a lot of these things take place and why they take place. But before we do that, I want to first open up with a word of prayer, and then I'm going to turn the floor over to you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yes, no problem. All right, I'm going to pray now. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, and I thank you so much for another opportunity edify the body of Christ and also your holy your Holy Spirit edify us as well even though we'll be the ones who are talking about this subject we are in no way trying to teach about it the Holy Spirit is our only teacher and we just pray that you would move us out of the way and speak through us. And I pray that everything that is said today will be what you want people to hear that will edify them and even more than allowing them to see the truth about the satanic agenda. I pray that 
they will come to understand just how important it is to have a personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask all these things in the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brother, you can uh, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Okay, thank you, uh, Jeremy. Yes, I was born in 1986 in um, my hometown where I'm currently living, Bloemfontein. Now, this is in central South Africa in uh, a province that is called the Free State Province. And um, we have nine provinces here in South Africa. And um, yes, I uh, grew up in a Calvinist home and um, I, you know, I, from a young age, I realized that I have a different way of experiencing things than a lot of other people in the sense that I've experienced some very intense spiritual stuff throughout my life and which is very difficult to explain and long story short to you know, I, on, on my path, as on, on my life path, as I got older, I experienced a lot of, I went on a, a lot of wrong paths. Um, I got very bad influences from friends in high school. And, you know, I went through an atheistic phase in my life for about two years. And um, in the end, I, I, you know, the Lord just came to me in a very strange way. Um, basically, something happened, and, and this shows you that the Lord can use anything in order to bring you nearer to him. So what happened was I was uh, working for a private security company back in 2012, 2013. Um, no, sorry, it was actually 2013 and 2014. And uh, what happened was I, one night I saw a demonic apparition in a piece of uh, field that's uh, in a neighborhood. And I got the fright of my life, obviously. And this experience haunted me a lot. And in the end, I ended up at a guy who was... Uh, like he was in the South African police service, the um, so the unit for occult-related crimes at that time. And um, he talked to me and he asked me about my experience and I told him and he said to me, well, there were <clears throat> people in the police force who also experienced this same thing. And he prayed with me and I just had this great relief come over me and um, from there, I, you know, I started getting curious about the Bible and this, this experience never haunted me again, but um, I started to get more and more curious about the Bible. And I started seeing these, what we would call these strange passages like Genesis 6 verses 1 to 4 and 
other passages that people, you know, like Revelation chapter 9, where it talks about a baron or a polyon and the demons from the pit and so on. And I thought to myself, but something's going on here and I can't lay my finger on it. But one of the things was the, the guy who prayed for me, um, he asked me a lot of questions. And one of the questions before he prayed for me, one of the questions that he asked me was, have I ever experienced alien abduction or anything of that sort and sleep paralysis and so on? So I told him no. And that question kept uh, spinning around in my head afterward. And I phoned him and I said to him, uh, I'm, I'm very curious, you mentioned alien abductions. Um, do these things really exist? And he said to me, yes, they do exist, but they are not who Hollywood tells you they are because popular culture and social media and all these things uh, put up a smoke screen and they say, well, you know, there's these alien beings from other planets and they are very kind and they want to teach us stuff. And it's all a lie. Um, these things are demonic beings um, pretending to be something else. And that really caught my interest and I was researching this stuff on my own. Uh, didn't really walk closely with the Lord at that time, but it was just somewhere in 2018. I just came uh, home from work one day and I just had this hunger in my, in my soul for the Lord. And I just went to my room and I sat down and I, I said to the Lord, Lord, please, um, I, I have a hunger for you. I want you to, I want to walk with you. And I, I want to walk with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and, and uh, the Good Shepherd. And from that day, something just changed. You know, it's um, wonderful how the Lord can, um, he, never, he never abandons you. He had so much patience with me throughout my life. Um, you know, I... I get shivers down my spine when I think of some of the things I did back in the day. And I think of how the Lord had patience with me and patience and patience. And in the end, when I called out to him and I said, Lord, please, I, I want to walk with you. He completely changed my life. And it's, it's something that's very difficult to describe to someone. But it's just, um, you know, you really experience the Holy Spirit as guide, comforter and, and protector. So um, ever since I've, uh, you know, the Lord has called me to do research on satanic ritual abuse and Satanism and so on, which is not an easy topic, uh, first of all, because it's very uh, gruesome. And secondly, uh, the churches don't talk about this kind of thing. And Christians in general, when you start talking about demons and angels and you start talking about the spiritual world and what the bible says about it and the the snares of the devil and spiritual warfare a lot of christians i don't know they get scared or i think it's a combination of um, being scared and being ignorant actually so i've um ever since done research on these kind of stuff i you know, I pray a lot about it. I pray for people. I um, try to create awareness about it. In South Africa, it's very difficult because there are some people who know about the stuff who will acknowledge it and tell you, oh, yes, I know about so-and-so in my family who are involved with a satanic cult in 
in Bloemfontein or in Cape Town or in uh, Krugersdorp or Port Elizabeth or wherever in South Africa. And, um, but most of the people um, will look at you in a strange way. I mean, it, to such an extent that when you talk to people about the Holy Spirit and you tell them something like, well, the Holy Spirit is, is working very powerfully in my life. They will like look at you as if you have some kind of a rare disease or, you know, you, you, you belong in some psychiatric hospital or something like that. And um, so it's, it's very difficult in South Africa. A lot of people, and I think this is the situation all over the world, actually. Um, a lot of people call themselves Christians, but walking the walk and talking the talk is something quite different. The moment you start talking about the intense, intense stuff and what the Bible says about the spiritual things, and you talk about the reality of satanic ritual abuse, human trafficking, etc. You know, people get very worked up, very uneasy. They they ignore it. And um, so I try my best, but yeah, it's not difficult. Uh, it's it's um, I mean, it is difficult. It's yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, you are absolutely right, and and you know it it. It truly is something that is worldwide. And yes, it's it's nothing new. Uh, Brother Jeremy and John had Dr. Gregory Reed on. Uh, I think it was last week, and they talked about the satanic panic back in the 1980s and 90s and that was not only one of the best interviews that i've ever heard but it was also extremely accurate and something that is still happening to this day um, exactly People, you know, they 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 don't want to believe that the things that people like you and myself and others like us are warning about, as far as satanic ritual abuse and Freemasonry and you know, uh, human trafficking for the purpose of human sacrifice and satanic rituals. And yet, at the same time, they will believe the news, just like back in the 80s and the 90s, when the, the propaganda machine which is what I call the mainstream media, did an incredible job of making sure that your average Joe and Jane American didn't believe that there was an actual problem of Satanism running rampant and 
they believed it so much that I'm sure you've heard of the, the case of the West Memphis Three. Absolutely, yes. And, and, you know, it may have taken many years, but those boys who were grown men by the time they got out of prison, but even though they had admitted to the murders, the media and the Hollywood elite that rallied behind them did such a good job of convincing people that Satanism and especially SRA didn't exist that they're free men today. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, the thing is, the satanic panic, and uh, by the way, I listened to that interview with, with Dr. Gregory Reed. Um, he's, he's a wonderful, uh, obviously I've never met him in person, but he's, a, he's, he's so wonderful for me to always listen to him. Because I've also listened to interviews with him on Larry Preachers and so on. And um, <clears throat> he's, a, he's a very knowledgeable guy and the Lord has really worked for him in such a powerful way. Um, and I, uh, the, the, the kind of experience that he has and the kind of experience that the late Russ Distel had is, is amazing. Um, the Lord, uh, you know, Russ Distel, it's, it's sad that he passed away, but we know that the Lord used him here on earth and he's with the Lord now and I think he's having a great rest, you know. <laughs> and um, anyway, but um, the satanic panic, it's, you know, the mainstream media, the governments use it to put up smoke screens. Now, when Satanism, when these things came out about satanic rituals, children getting abused, children of seven years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, little girls, uh, 13 years old, who come out of cults, um, they're is hysterical and they say, um, I've, I've been taken through the satanic rites of passage, which I'll come back later. Um, women who say, well, I was used as a mother of darkness. I was a bride of Satan, etc., etc." It's yeah. so easy for the government to say, um, oh my goodness, um, this stuff is coming out. Okay, what are we going to do? Okay, let's put up a smoke screen and say, well, all these people are crazy, you know, they, they need some kind of psychiatric evaluation and psychiatric medication, and they all need to be locked up and blah, blah, blah. And it's all just a conspiracy theory. And um, yeah, let's just uh, use the media to brainwash people into believing that this is all just a moral panic. There's nothing behind it. And um, well, uh, by the way, the, the, I'm, I think you know this, but um, the term conspiracy theorist was invented in, by the CIA, I think in the yep. 1960s. Mm -hmm. And um, they used that to, in order to discredit people because the 1960s... 
Yeah, and um, I mean, the 1960s, yes, it, it was the flower power movement, and there were a lot of stuff that, that, were, that were godless and so on. But the positive thing about it is a lot of people started asking very awkward questions about stuff that governments do. And they said, listen, what's going on here? And the governments got, they felt very uneasy, and they used the propaganda machines, the intelligence services, and so on, like the CIA, etc. And they used them to start this whole, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, you know, um, we will just dismiss everything you say, you're crazy, you need help, whatever. And um, the same thing, what people don't realize, I hear a lot of people in South Africa, when you talk about Satanism, if someone mentions Satanism on Facebook, there's been a satanic murder, the police say, well, there's, there's signs that it was an occult murder and the occult unit is, is in, um, investigating. You always have these um, people who go on Facebook, I, I watch the comments, then you have these South Africans that go like, oh, I actually know the truth about Satanism. Did you guys know that Satanists don't really worship Satan? They worship themselves and the Church of Satan, blah, 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 and they go on this whole Anton LaVey propaganda stunt, which is also a smokescreen, because yes, Anton LaVey started the Church of Satan in 1966, but the Church of Satan and the message that they propagate to the public it's all just as I think it was William Schnebelen who once referred to it as window dressing. The Church of Satan is window dressing. It's a smoke screen to cover up what's really going on behind the screens. It's, it's covering up the human trafficking. It's covering up the pedophilia. Um, and people tend to think, well, the people involved with this is like a bunch of... Um, uh, delinquent teenagers, uh, ages 16 to 18, who listens to Slayer or Deicide, and they have these heavy metal shirts, and they dig up graves at 12 o'clock at night. And But majority of the people involved with this are government officials from all over the world. Um, you have medical doctors. Um, there was the late Rebecca Brown, wrote a book, he, he came to set the captives free. And in that book, she goes into a lot of detail talking about how uh, medical doctors in America, in the USA, were involved with high-level satanic cults. Um, people in the military have been involved with this, people in the police, all over the world. So they, yeah, it's just so convenient for them to put up these smoke screens and immediately millions of people when they see the smoke screen they see it as oh okay that's reality i, I don't have anything to worry about you know the, the government will never lie to me um and you know just this massive na naivety um that goes around this this ignorance and they don't mind talking about anton LaVey. Church of Satan, but you won't hear him talking about uh, Michael Aquino and the Temple of Set. Exactly. The it, it never ceases to amaze me how people refuse to believe that 
the government will lie to them. And it doesn't matter, you know, what country it is or, or what government it is, whether, I mean, just look at Germany and, and how many people went along with what Hitler was doing. Exactly. I mean, if you look at the, what you now mentioned, people going along with what Hitler did, and uh, people going along with whatever they are told by mainstream media and so on. I mean, you have in Germany, now I've talked to a lot of, I've never been to Germany myself, but I've talked to a lot of people who've been to Germany, South Africans and so on, who've, who've visited Germany or they've studied there and so on. And then I, I asked them um, out of curiosity, what is the average German person like on the, the average guy that walks past you in, in the streets of Berlin or wherever? They will say, well, they experience them as, as very disciplined people, but also down to earth, you know, not, not aggressive or anything. Um, and uh, yes, uh, a lot of them don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but overall, they're very decent people. But in Hitler's time, you saw this whole, I, I think psychologists will refer to it as a mass hysteria. I personally think it was, yeah, I absolutely think it was like a, a demonic deception on a massive scale where the whole German nation got swept up and they were, they had this ultra nationalist, this uh, whole national socialist ideology and they treated hitler like a god you know and the way americans are treating donald trump right exactly and also the same way in south africa that a lot of people still think about um a, a guy like hendrik verwood who was who was uh, murdered in 1966 a lot of people still when they hear that name they're like oh my goodness, you know, this guy, he was so brilliant. And a lot of other South Africans, when they hear the name of Nelson Mandela, they almost fall down in worship, you know, that's like, he's such a great guy, you know, and I've told people, listen, you know what one of the problems is in South Africa, you have these false messiahs, because I don't care, people can call me racist or politically incorrect or whatever, but Nelson Mandela, uh, people are venerating him as a messiah and obviously a false messiah and that is why things are going the way they are going and the same um, in the US with a guy like Donald Trump you know he's like he's portrayed as, as the savior you know and um, uh, I've, I mean I've heard people say that stuff like um, Donald Trump is my religion or whatever and then they have some Bible verse that they put together with that or it's just crazy and um, once again it's a whole spiritual thing and people don't see the spiritual side behind it and like you had with Hitler uh, the whole Hitler project in which they uh, locked up people in concentration camps in which they had the gas chambers and everything, people don't realize all the things that were going on behind the scenes there. 
I'm thoroughly convinced that the, the 6 million Jews and also millions of other people, um, gypsies and uh, Nigerians and a lot of other people who were murdered by Hitler in the camps and in the gas chambers, I'm thoroughly convinced that it was a mass sacrifice to Satan himself. It was. It, it absolutely was. Yeah, and I'm thoroughly convinced that the wars, World War One, World War Two, and the f stuff that Hitler did, um, all these things tie in with mass sacrifices. I mean, um, when you see the total disregard for human life that the that the global elite does, I mean, it's just shocking on a totally on a, on a totally different level. And um, what people need to realize is in, in South Africa also, I see a lot of people of, of my uh, culture, the Afrikaner culture, who talk about Hitler as they, they have this idealistic image of him and they will tell you, well, the, the Jews lied about him, you know, and the Holocaust never happened and blah, blah, blah. Hitler was actually a great guy. And I'm like, listen, how brainwashed must you be if you believe that this guy actually had a whole satanic agenda behind the scenes and after the war it came out from so many eyewitnesses how hitler used a guy like dr joseph mengele i remember dr reed also mentioned him in that interview um dr joseph mengele uh, did uh, basically did satanic rituals he was the smoke screen that they put up is he's a supposed medical doctor and he has the rank of captain in the German army. And um, he's the head of the Auschwitz concentration camp. But what they don't tell you is behind the smoke screen, yes, he was the head of Auschwitz concentration camp, but he did waterboarding and all kinds of torture because he had an obsession with um, fragmentation of people's personalities. He had an um, obsession with uh, the angel of the bottomless pit that we read about in Revelation 9. I've heard testimonies of people saying that um, Joseph Mengele would waterboard Jewish children and Hitler would stand in one of the corners of the room and when someone asked them, well, what did Hitler do? Did he like laugh at what Mengele did or what did he do? They say, well, he channeled a, a, a baton or a polyon. Now that's scary and it comes as no surprise that uh, Dr. Um, uh, Derek Gilbert in his um, book about Saturn, uh, the second coming of Saturn, he, he basically says that it seems to him that a baton or a polyon is actually represented by Saturn and it's actually, it refers to uh, Shemiyaza who we read about in the book of First Enoch, who was one of the fallen watchers. So you have this whole thing all over again of a Genesis 6 type of scenario um, and fallen watchers still trying to teach people stuff and still trying to brainwash people and the elites of the world go along with this. Yeah, I know. The thing that I've heard many, many times when it comes to Germany, 
and the German people during the time of World War II and Hitler is how the majority of the German people were Christians and they um, they couldn't understand how they could have gone along with the things that Hitler was doing. However, if you realize that those same German people that, you know, that they're calling Christians, and I'm not saying whether they were or they weren't, but they were Lutherans. And yes. If you read the the writings of Martin Luther, <laughs> Martin Luther was not a very nice guy. No, not at all. And and initially he was tolerant of, if not friendly towards the Jews. However, before his life was over, he came to really despise the Jewish race. And if anyone doesn't believe me, they need only read Luther's writings for themselves. You know, it, it, if you did not know they were Luther's writings, it would be very easy to mistake them for something written by someone a part of the Third Reich. Exactly. And exactly. And you know, um, the, that's the thing, Jeremy, in, in South Africa, a lot of people who call themselves Christians view Martin Luther as if he's some god, you know, and the same with John Calvin. They, they talk about these people as if they are messiahs. And they, when, when I was in the Reformed Church the last five years that I was there, I was absolutely shocked to see how uh, on reformed forums, uh, like in, in the groups on Facebook and so on, these people were so obsessed with John Calvin that it came to a point that I went to the pastor of the church and I asked him, straightforward, I said to him, listen, who died for our sins on the cross? Was it Jesus Christ or was it John Calvin? Now, I know that's a very mean way to confront him or whatever, but I was so sick and tired at that point of John Calvin, John Calvin this, John Calvin that, and the Synod of Dort and whatever. I was like, when when are we talking about the Bible? When are we? Exactly. I mean, it's like, what are you guys doing, you know? And... You look at what uh, what Dave Hunt wrote about John Calvin, where he, he looked up uh, the letters and everything that John Calvin wrote and what he did in Geneva, how he persecuted people. And you look at what Martin Luther 
the things that he said, I'm like, um, listen, people, how can we see these people as idols or anything? You shouldn't see anybody, any human being as an idol in the first place. But the thing is, how can you follow these people and, say, and, and venerate them as these wonderful heroes? Look what they've done. They, they were no better eventually than the Catholic Church, which they supposedly hated. Well, I mean, they came from the Catholic Church. They were both Augustinian monks. And, exactly. You know, they, they, it, it, it wasn't that they initially sought out to break away from the Roman Catholic Church. They wanted to reform the Catholic Church. And, That's a very good point. Yeah. I mean... I am not going to say that God did not use them at all because God is able to use anyone for his will. And he does use good and bad. Yes. To, you know, ensure that his will is done and i'm definitely not gonna sit back and say that you know neither of them are going you know to be allowed into heaven because that is not my place you know i can do mm. it fruits and i can say that based on their fruits they did not show the fruits of one who would hear the words well done my good and faithful servant and mm. you know that is a very scary thing however i believe that you know God and God alone is the only one who has the authority to say who he will and will not allow into his kingdom. But I don't want to get off, you know, <laughs> down a, a rabbit hole. Um, I'm just glad that it's not on me to make the decision of who is and isn't Christian and you know who who will and won't go to hell versus heaven. Um, you know, it's a good thing that God is God. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, uh, Jeremy, the, the, a point that a lot of people also miss when it comes to especially Calvin is that Calvin was one of the guys who propagated the so-called sons of set theory uh, regarding Genesis 6. Now, um, 
that Sons of Saint Fury, he learned it from uh, Augustine. Yeah. And, August, and Augustine learned it apparently from a guy called Justin Africanus or something like that. And, um, but the Sons of Set Theory was to, was to, it came up in order to discredit the whole idea of, you know, um, sexual union between fallen angels and the daughters of man. And it, it, it's basically to discredit the whole um, thing of, well, there were giants on the earth and so on. But when I talk to people who come out of satanic cults, and um, one of them is Jason Christopher, who was uh, deeply involved with uh, Druidism. He tells me, um, I mean, he and his wife also does wonderful work um, with how they try to rescue people, uh, victims of human trafficking, and so on. But he tells me that uh, one of the main problems of churches today is they don't understand Genesis 6. So I asked him, okay, um, what's, the, what's the bigger picture? He said, well, if you don't understand Genesis 6 and you don't understand the whole thing of the Nephilim and you don't understand the whole... Uh, second temple viewpoint of uh, demons or unclean spirits being the uh, spirits of the Nephilim who drowned in the flood, then you don't understand a lot about the spiritual world and you don't understand things like uh, demonic um, uh, possession, which, which is actually called the daimonismi and you don't understand obsession, you don't understand, um, you know, the whole thing of spiritual warfare, because um, if you if you discredit the whole thing surrounding the Nephilim and so on, and you say, oh, well, these were just sons of Seth, and they married with the daughters of Cain, and blah, 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 and there's no supernatural thing going on here, okay, let's go on, then it, it, escalates into this notion of that what you see in the churches today of uh, many people who call themselves Christian don't even believe that there's a, that the devil exists they don't even believe that Satan exists um, they don't even they never talk about demons and, or angels or fallen angels or principalities or whatever um, I think if you if you ever hear um, a pastor in a mainstream church uh, doing a sermon on Genesis 6, I think that would be the day when there's like a snowstorm in the Sahara Desert, you know. Um, they totally ignore this, and because they ignore this, there's this great ignorance about the spiritual world and what the Bible tells us about it, and it's so much easier to lure these people into Gnosticism, into the occult to lure them into these traps of the uh, of the devil, the snares of the devil, and they don't know what to look out for, and they fall hook, line, and sinker for all of it. Um, their children are not taught the right way. They don't know anything about spiritual warfare. They think it's some fantastical idea, like a, you know, like a, a game like Warcraft or Diablo or whatever, and they think well. Um, you know, um, we don't have, need to be afraid of anything. And then you will also find a lot of them who 
have this thing of, oh, oh, and by the way, Genesis 1 is just a story, you know, um, we actually evolved from, from monkeys or I don't know what. And you're like, okay, how do you bring that into the Christian faith? And it's like, um, well, well, you know, science and blah, blah, blah. But um, the problem in our world is people talk away the spiritual world and they worship science and technology, whereas science and technology is wonderful, but it's tools that the Lord gave us to better understand his creation and to give him the praise and the glory and to understand that, yes, we can look at the physical world around us through a scientific lens and so on, but all glory to God. And there's also other dimensions beyond the dimensions that we perceive where you have spiritual forces, you have angels, you have fallen angels. And unfortunately, you have these people here on earth who are servants of the darkness and who venerate fallen angels and who are um, possessed by unclean spirits and they do uh, the evil bidding of, of the kingdom of darkness. They really do. And I think that it's, it's something that isn't going to not going to get any better and it, it, it's, it's not going to change the closer and deeper we get into the tribulation and whenever people discredit or try to discredit things such as um, Genesis 6 or they like for instance you know you were you mentioned the Sethite theory and to me it takes more faith to believe that two human beings created those giants that you know, you can obviously see in the Bible, um, some are described as tall as cedar trees. Yeah. If you look at King Og of Bashan, it takes more faith to believe that. And, you know, more than that, it takes more faith to not to believe in God and to believe that we evolved from nothing, you know, from a single-celled organism and then a fish and uh, a primate and then eventually a human. That takes a whole lot more faith than believing the Bible that has proved itself accurate again and again and has never, not one time, been wrong. 
Amen. It, it blows my mind how people can allow themselves to be so deceived. But it, it really should not, it shouldn't be that surprising to us because the Bible, you know, said it would be that way. It was prophesied that the closer we got to the end, that people would their hearts would wax colder and colder and they would believe less and less and eventually God would send them a strong delusion that would literally cause them to believe the lies. Yes. Absolutely. And you know you I agree with everything you said and what people need to understand is that evolution is another one of those things that is used very effectively by the kingdom of darkness in order to discredit the truth of creation and the truth that man was created in God's image. And people need to understand that uh, Proverbs 20 verse 27 talks about the breath of man is the lamp of the Lord. In a lot of translations, it says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord with which he searches the inward thoughts. But um, the most direct translation would be the breath of man is the lamp of the Lord with which he searches the inmost thoughts. And it relates very well to Jeremiah 17 verses 8 to 10, where it says that the heart of man is deceitful above everything and the Lord searches the heart of man. And he sees exactly what man is planning, what he what he's doing, what what you know he, he sees the way our hearts are, and obviously it's only Jesus Christ who can who can bring you to the light. And the thing is, um, if you can convince people that there's no intelligence behind the whole thing, and we weren't created in, in the image of God. There's no breath of life that God breathed into our nostrils. There's no such thing. Oh, we just we, we are just primates who happen to in, evolve out of animals. Then you dumb people down and you desensitize them. Um, you basically in the process subconsciously condition them to distance themselves from sympathy and empathy for their fellow man. And the thing is, evolution, if you look at the way it was uh, believed, they believed in evolution in the uh, Soviet Union under Joseph Stalin. Now, Joseph Stalin murdered 50 million. Um, some, some historians say they even... Um, think it might be up to a hundred million of his own people. Um, Adolf Hitler also propagated evolution. People don't look at that fact, but they will look at the, uh, look at the smoke screen and say, yes, but the Germans were Lutherans and you see they were Christians. So Hitler was a Christian, so Christians are bad. No, the whole 
we are Christian uh, notion of Hitler and these people were, it was a smokescreen. It was, well, uh, the power belongs to man and we have this uh, national nationalist socialist ideology and we evolved from monkeys and we can exterminate those who are in our way and uh, in brackets, in brackets, uh, by the way, use them as a satanic sacrifice, close bracket, and we can venerate ourselves as these small G gods who have everything under control. And if you look at where evolution, the whole theory of evolution, I, I, I tend to call it the fairy tale of, of evolution, where it started and how it influenced people up to the point where you have you had guys like Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong in, in uh, China, who used this as an absolute brainwashing mechanism in order to dumb people down and in order to desensitize them and in the process condition them to just be to just have this um, apathy towards the suffering of others. You know, we'll just exterminate whoever's in the way and we'll do it our way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it really is all a part of the same agenda. There there's a lot of moving parts. But it's, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what country it is or whether it's the theory, which is exactly what you said it was, of evolution and the Big Bang, or it's Satanism that is being hid and you know um, the PR machines are working overtime to make sure that people don't believe in all of these things as well as the alien agenda are all a part of the same thing that is culminating and coming to a head here the closer we get and deeper we get into the end times and I personally believe you know I'm not a date setter and I am definitely not going to say for sure that we have this much time left or you know the Lord will return in so many years or what have you, but I do believe wholeheartedly that, um, you know, we've moved out of the birth pains into the 
beginning of the tribulation. And, Absolutely. You know, um, if you if you look back and you listen to um, the speech that Ronald Reagan made to the UN about how he often wonders about what would happen if the world was facing an outside threat from an alien invader, you know, from somewhere outside of our solar system, or however he put it, that we, you know, all the, the nations of the world would forget their differences and join together to fight this um, so-called alien threat. When you look at that from the lens of Bible prophecy and the Battle of Armageddon, you see, especially with, you know, everything going on with the, the soft disclosure that we've had recently that I believe will eventually, you know, culminate with full disclosure. Um, it's leading to Armageddon and it's a perfect explanation for how the nations and armies of this world would be brazen enough to go to war with and attack the king of kings when he returns. Absolutely. Um, yes. Um, I'm sorry I interrupted you there. It's okay. I was just going to say I heard um, something that L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, his son um, read a letter that his father wrote before he died that all, um, I can't remember the letter, whether it's S or L, but um, all level eight um, Scientologists receive once they reach the highest level in Scientology, which is level eight. And what they all find out is that Lucifer is, is the god of Scientology, just like he is a Freemasonry, and and all of these other occultic societies, and um, but in the letter he says that although he's gone from this earth by the time they're reading that letter, that he's going to be returning and to make a long story short he he truly believed that he 
was going to be returning as the Antichrist. And he tells them that um, there's going to be a brief moment in time where mankind will have a chance to unite under Lucifer and derail the plan of Jesus to destroy all mankind and this world is the lie that he tells. But it just it, it goes right along with it because Scientology is you know most definitely satanic. Absolutely, yes. Um Scientology, you know, it's it's interesting how uh, Satan has, um, you know, there are um, many, just like we had in the in the Old Testament, you find uh, characters that are a foreshadowing of Jesus, the true Messiah, for example. Um, you can draw a line from the prophet Elijah to John the Baptist to Jesus and uh, a, a prophet that you have, for example, uh, Jeremiah, was a foreshadowing um, of Jesus Christ as the suffering servant, and so on. And just like these, these foreshadowings of the true Messiah, Satan obviously always uh, tries to uh, mimic what God does. So you also have these uh, foreshadowings of the Antichrist and foreshadowings of all these false prophets. And he had a whole lot of false prophets. I mean, um, Elron Hubbard, uh, Helena Blavatsky, uh, Alice Bailey, um, Alistair Crowley, and Anton LaVey, and whoever else. You know, it's um, it's so interesting to see how many of them uh, when they started out, they actually started out at the end of the 19th, 19th uh, century and it went over into the 20th century. And then throughout the 20th century, uh, the 20th century is like the most bloody century in human history. I mean, you had the First World War, you had the Second World War, you had all these other wars, um, whether it was Vietnam or the Korean War or whatever. I, I don't think there is, or I can actually say as a fact that there's no other century in the history of man where there was so much bloodshed. And this comes back to what I've said earlier. Um, these are mass sacrifices to the kingdom of darkness. So. Um, that ties in with what you said when you said that you don't think that um, the coming of Christ is so far away. And I agree with you because if you look at the way things are going, the way the things have been going throughout the 20th century, with all these false prophets, these foreshadowings of the Antichrist, whether it's Adolf Hitler or Stalin or whoever, 
Now you have a guy like Klaus uh, Schwab, who's a total lunatic. And um, you have all these foreshadowings. And we can see that, like you said, it's like the birth pains, the, 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 the starting of the, of the Great Tribulation. I think that as much as it has me conflicted because, you know, I would like for my youngest son to be able to, you know, live a full life and, and grow up and experience life as a man of God and at the same time I I yearn for my Savior to return yes but I know that there are still many many who are lost and on their way to hell. And I think that this is actually a very good way to close this episode out because, you know, we've focused on the dark side of the spiritual spectrum, so to speak in today's episode for the most part but regardless to how evil these people are and regardless to the fact that they are what the book of ephesians calls you know sons of disobedience sons and daughters of disobedience who live according to the prince of this world yes no matter how much power it may seem that he has we know that he's already been defeated yes the word of God tells us, Jesus, our Savior, said himself that Satan had already been judged. Exactly. And we know that the reason all these horrible things are happening is because he's like a child throwing a temper tantrum. He knows that his time is short. Exactly. You know, it, the end times have actually been going on ever since the first century. And, yes. you know, the Apostle John tells us that the spirit of Antichrist was actually out in the world 
been. And, yes. you know, he says that, you know, that we've heard that Antichrist, as in the Antichrist, will come, and he will. But for the past 2,000 years, his spirit has roamed this earth and that's why you've seen so many heights and shadows like you were mentioning you you see in the first century you see the emperor nero and or quite a few other roman emperors and i would even argue that the emperor constantine although he didn't slaughter christians the way that say nero or um caligula or any of the the emperors that put Christians to death, fed them to lions, and so forth. He may not have done that, but that's only because Satan changed tactics and went Mm -hmm. back to his subtle infiltration. And, you know, honestly, that was the more dangerous and diabolical and probably even the more antichrist because when the church was being persecuted and hunted killed people were converting to christianity so fast that some of them didn't even have time to be baptized before they were put to death. Yes. The Bible says that they literally turned the world upside down. And then by the time of Constantine, the church had been persecuted for so long that a lot of them truly believed that they were entering into the millennial reign and even the ones who did were willing to merge themselves with the world they were willing to compromise even though they knew what scripture said about there being no fellowship between the kingdom of god and the kingdom of this world and you know that fellowship with the world was enmity with god they loved their lives and were 
afraid of physical death enough and also greedy because once Christianity became the state religion, the people who were being hunted all of a sudden were now being paid. So yes. you know, they willing to compromise. But absolutely no matter what tactic that the enemy uses, we know that his time is short and that our king has already won. So anyone who is listening to this episode, if you can hear the sound of either of our voices, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I urge you to not let another day or even another minute go by without making a decision that will not only change your life, but will change your eternity. You know, we cannot fathom just how long eternity is because we have been trapped inside of and bound to time all of our lives. But something that never ends can be a wonderful thing if it's something like, you know, eternity with Christ that never ends. But if it's an eternity of hell, fire, and brimstone, an eternity of torment. I don't want that for anyone. Not a Absolutely not. You know, not not anyone, and I'm sure you don't either. No. No. Um, the thing is, if you are facing, if you are facing old fire. If you are in hell, I mean, it's, I mean, Jesus described hell and what a lot of people don't realize is he actually talked uh, more about hell than he did about heaven because as, as, he's, as he said, he was calling sinners to repentance and people need to realize that this whole thing of how, um, you know, the devil is trying to tell people, oh, there are many ways to God. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you believe in Christ or Buddha or Muhammad or whoever. That's absolute uh, a lie from the pit of hell. If you don't have Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life, then there is no way for you to the Father. And you will spend, spend eternity in the lake of fire, which is not like 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 uh, jeremy said it's not something that i would 
wish upon anybody. Um, it's the the way Jesus describes how it is. It is I, I, to to call it horrifying is I think is is actually a, a, an understatement. Yes. I know that people have asked me, and, and you've probably heard the same thing from people who aren't followers of Christ and are trying to find an excuse to believe on what the Bible says is the only name under heaven by which one can be saved. And that is, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? And the fact is, God does not send people to hell. Exactly. If you end up in hell, it's because you made the decision to reject the only begotten Son of God. Absolutely. It's because God doesn't want anyone to end up in hell that the physical image, the second power in heaven left heaven left immortality and incorruptibility and came to this fallen world the incorruptible put on corruptible and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and then died for our sins so that we would have a way to be reconciled back to God the Father. The way it was in the beginning when God created Adam and Eve before the fall of man in the garden. But God is not going to force any of us to accept Jesus Christ no more than any loving husband is going to force a woman he loves to stay with him. God is not going to force us to spend eternity with He, exactly. The way for us to be able to spend eternity with him and gave us the choice whether we wanted to do so or not. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it says that uh, God is not willing that any should perish and um, the thing that uh, people don't understand is that God gave us free will and um, 
I mean, the, you know, it also comes back to the Garden of Eden. A lot of people ask, well, if, if God knew uh, that, that man was going to eat of the tree, um, the forbidden fruit, why did he put the tree in the garden? Well, the answer is simple. It's his garden. It's his creation. If he wants to put the tree there, then he can put it there. Um, and the thing is, uh, Eve listened to the lies of the devil. Adam, who was supposed to be like the head and say, no, Eve, this is wrong. You cannot do this. Um, he went along with it. They used their free will and they chose against god and i mean if you read and you come to genesis 6 verses 5 and 6 it says that man got so evil there was so much evil upon the earth that god the father it actually grieved him that he created mankind now that early in the bible genesis chapter 6 it says that it grieved god in his heart that he made man and still, in his perfect love, his perfect mercy, his perfect grace, his perfect patience, he still endured and he went with, with mankind. And eventually, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins on the cross. And what a wonderful truth to know that Jesus conquered death and he ascended to heaven and he seated at the right hand of, father, of, of the God the Father as the, the Lord of the heavenly host. And um, like someone once said that you, you made a perfect point when you said that God doesn't send people to hell. Um, you know, someone once said that Jesus is, you know, it's basically you're on a sinking ship and you're busy drowning and Jesus is like coming with a lifeboat and he tells you, listen, it's your choice. You can stay in the water and drown or you can come in the lifeboat with me. It's going to be a bit of a rough ride because there are big waves out there, but I'll get you to a safe place. Trust me. So that's, that's what it comes down to. Do you take Jesus's hand and allow him to take you in the lifeboat and have life everlasting? Or do you keep on trading water, reject his offer, and eventually sink and be given over to, to death? Amen. Amen. That is absolutely right. Absolutely right. Brother, I thank you so much for coming on with me today and discussing this very, very important topic. And I honestly hope that you'll come back soon and we can discuss this a little bit more in detail and maybe be able to talk about some of the things that we weren't able to today that we, you know, kind of specifically were going to look at or just come back on for any subject. 
because there are many, many topics that are edifying to the body and I don't know about you, but I know for me and I'm sure that all those listening will be edified as well because for me it was very much a very good example of what the Bible calls iron sharpening iron. Oh yes, absolutely, um, Jeremy. Um, I will, I will be more than willing to come on any time in the future and have another discussion with you, whether it's on, um, like you said, discussing some of the stuff that we talked about tonight in more detail, uh, or discussing the topics that we didn't get around to discussing, or any other topic. Um, I will be more than willing, and it's it's really, I enjoyed this conversation with you, and it's really an honor for me to to be on your podcast and I'm, I'm so, I'm so uh, glad that you asked me to come, to come on. I, I really appreciate it. Well, the honor was all mine, my friend. I enjoyed it immensely. And, you know, I've enjoyed hearing interviews that you've done with Jeremy and John. And there's been several episodes that I've listened to on By Their Fruits that I've listened to twice. I've listened to when I was producing them and um, then once they were published, I would listen to them again. But thank you again for coming on and that's going to do it for this edition of the Remnant Report for Kingdom Productions and Publishing and the Kingdom Productions Network. I am the Remnant Warrior saying to each and every one of you, may God bless you all. Good night.